For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to the third victory edition of the Believe in Lions 2022 season. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, coming off a W against the Chicago Bears, getting to talk with a man who beat the Chicago Bears once or twice back in his heyday, Glover Quinn. What's up, man? Great day. Great day. I had to text one of my friends that played for the Bears. I played with him in Houston, played against him in Chicago, and I told him the Lions always smack the Bears. So what a great day. What a great day. And it didn't look like they were going to smack him for a while. It was a comeback win for the Lions, which just makes it that much more special, in my opinion. Oh, no question. They just play it. They battled all day. But that's the that's the type of game that you expect in, in the NFC North for one, but against the Bears for two. I mean, it's always going to be a knockdown, drag out, physical type game. Whether those teams are top of the division or bottom of the division, they're going to play hard. They're going to play tough. And it's going to be a game like that every time. It is. And especially now that the Bears have Justin Fields, who gashed the Lions at times, was absolutely unstoppable. Four touchdowns, two through the air to rushing, but also had the critical pick six to Jeff Akuda. What who was the best player on the field today? Was it Justin Fields? Because at times it felt like he was, but the Lions still came together for the win. Well, I mean, he was definitely one of the best players on the field. I mean, the things that he was doing offensively it started from the first play of the game. I mean, just coming right out the gate, boom. And, and as a D coordinator, I'm sure Aaron Glenn was upset because I'm sure they stressed the importance of you know, stopping Justin Fields all week and to allow that to happen, the first play of the game, to give him that confidence that he's going to be able to run. Because a lot of times you can set the tone on the quarterback early in the game and let them know that, hey, we're keying in your own you. We know what you're going to try to do, and we're not going to allow you to do that. But to let him run the first play of the game, let him know that, okay, I'm I'm going to be able to run throughout the game and he he done that so i'm still going to say justin fields he was the best player on the field but he did make some crucial mistakes and the lines got good players too and those guys came up with some big plays and big moments and ultimately led to them getting the win they did because fields 147 yards rushing 94 yards rushing by the two running backs david montgomery and khalil herbert 258 yards rushing total but didn't feel as physically imposing as that would lead you to believe because Justin Fields busted off a couple of long runs and the Lions were laying the wood at times on defense too. We talked about Jeff Okuda with the pick six. Aiden Hutchinson has the sack to pretty much seal the deal. And I know he let Fields score that touchdown right before half. He lost contain, but he was much better in the run game. He had that sack and 
he's kind of one the one that forced that pick six to Okuda by pulling off, realizing, hey, Komet let me go just a little bit too easily. So he dropped back. Fields tries to float it in, and our boy Jeff takes it to the house. Man, it was great to see Jeff get a pick, man, and to get a pick six. He's been playing great all season. So to get rewarded with with a big play and just kind of adds to his stats. And right now, you know, you look back at that game they played against the Cowboys. We had 15 tackles. You know, as a corner, you think that's a bad day. He actually had a pretty decent game. They just ran to him a lot in the run game, and he made the plays on that. So those games come back to add up. And now when you start looking at stats and stuff like that, He's going to have a bunch of tackles. He had a forced fumble last week on the strip out. He had an interception today, pick six. He's been playing solid defense all year, and they still got six, seven or eight games left, so he can come up with another pick or two because generally they come in bunches, and he's playing. He's having fun, looks like, so he's flying around. When you're doing that, you're going to get some of those overthrows. You're going to get some of those tip balls. You're going to get some of those plays, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get catch another two uh, interceptions by the end of the season, and you look up, you have a, a a pretty solid year. But Aiden Hutchinson did, you know, what you expect, right? You I mean we saw it last week? He understands that when the tight end or somebody just let you go, that there is something going on. No one just lets you go anywhere in the NFL. If they just let you go and rush the passer, they got something going on behind you. And he did a great job again this week reading that coming back and making Justin Fields hold on to that ball. And then Justin Fields just made a horrible mistake, just put the ball up for grabs like that. I mean, you either take a sack or you just throw it out of bounds, um, especially at that point. You're still winning the game by seven. Um, but he made a, a a mistake, and and Jeff Okuda, you know, made his ex-teammate pay for it. And I'm sure that was a great feeling. But then Justin Fields come right back on the next play, I think, and goes for a 67-yard touchdown. But I think Aiden Hutchinson, I think Jeff Okuda, those two young guys made some huge plays in this game that ultimately helped the Lions get a win. They really did. And that's what you like to see is just them building on solid performances earlier in the season, now almost supreme performances on Sunday, at least I'm just thrilled. It was such a fun game, but not a good game by everyone on defense. There were plenty of lapses at times. We talked about it before the show. Kirby Joseph, a lot of penalties, a lot of miscues, just not the great game for him. And without Malcolm Rodriguez, Rodrigo out of the lineup today, Jared Davis and Derek Barnes ended up alternating at that will linebacker, and they allowed some plays to the tight end as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, for Kirby, you know, learn a lesson quick. You know what I'm saying? You're a young guy. And, you know, uh, when I was in Houston, Coach Gary Kubiak used to always tell us that's the same distance uh, from the penthouse to the doghouse. Or, you know, he didn't say doghouse, but you get the drift. The same distance, right? So last week, everybody's praising Kirby Joseph. Great game against Aaron Rodgers, two interceptions, pass breakups, tackles. Um, and then he has a concussion and now he's out all week of practice and then you come back today and, you know, you give up a big pass. I look at the touchdown to commit. That's on Kirby Joseph's eyes in the backfield guy run right past him. And you can sit here and say, oh, well, he had the tight end over the ball. No, he did not. Because what he was aligned, if he was guarding that other tight end that ran the crosser, if he was guarding him, then he would have been aligned differently from the start. So he was clearly playing the middle field. And 
he just had his eyes in the backfield the whole time and he saw the crosser and let's let's commit run right past him you can't do it as a middle safety and then you know you saw a lot of missed tackles penalties like you said so definitely probably he had his best game last week probably had his worst game this week so that's the that's the life of a db in the nfl can't let that stop you got to keep working but just understand that it's the same distance the minute you get comfortable and feel like you've arrived the nfl will humble you very quickly so hopefully he can learn that lesson early in his career and you know stay focused through the highs and lows right but um you know jerry davis um brandon barnes i think his name that's what you said right Derek Barnes. Derek barnes um you know the tight ends you know when they're running the ball like that and, and, and you're keying in on the run herbert was running the ball and you got justin fields those tight ends are going to make some plays i mean that's that's part of it you, you don't want that to happen but they're they're gonna make some plays. That's understandable. The thing is, they made enough plays in the end to get the win, and the Lions are three and six right now. And that's the nice thing is that we can point out just a couple of plays or a couple of miscues and say, you know what, it happened, but you got the win. We made enough plays to overcome for it. Jared Davis did make some plays as well, so we're not just taking shots at these guys. It's the ebbs and flows of being in the NFL, the ups and the downs, especially as a young player. Like we talked about Aiden Hutchinson early in the year, like we're talking about Kirby Joseph. It's just so interesting to follow this progression from week to week. And same with the offense, too, because... This week, it, again, there's nothing really special from Jared Goff. He's just solid, consistent, 236 yards and a touchdown. But 119 of those yards go to Amon Ross St. Brown, catches 10 of 11 targets. He is back after some struggles coming off the ankle, coming off the concussion. He looked just chef's kiss, absolutely beautiful out there. Yeah, he did. I mean, he was wide open all day, seemed like making big catches, big plays, you know, getting the ball in the backfield in the passing game. He was back to himself. And so when his when he's able to do that, and I'm sure playing against Chicago, his brothers on the other side, you know, you got probably mom and dad in the stands. It's a family affair in Chicago. I'm sure he was a little more pumped up and excited for this game, but for whatever reason, he was a lot better today. He had more energy. He played with a lot more effort. He looks like he is getting back to himself. And uh, when he's healthy, we already know what he can do. And Jared Goff is very comfortable with him. He understands his routes concepts. He understands where he's going to be, how he's going to get there. And they have a good, they have a good relationship. And you can see that on the field. So it's good to see him getting back. Uh, DeAndre Swift looks like he's halfway kind of getting back. He had a nice couple runs today, good touchdown run in there. So that offense, we already knew that they could score points. We, we've seen it from last year all the way starting this year. They, those guys can score points. They've just dealt with some injuries and things like that to slow them down. But we know that they can score points. And now the defense, even though they gave up a bunch of points today, they're making big-time stops in, in, in moments that you need them. And ultimately, that's what helps you get wins. Enough enough production from your offense and timely stops from the defense. And I did find it just a little bit funny that Goff has now thrown three touchdowns to three different tight ends since trading TJ Hawkinson. I know it's just coincidence, but do you think that's a little bit planned by the offense or they're just kind of taking advantage of the fact that these 
not to say no name tight ends, but they're not the household names are getting underrated and it's easier to lose them. Yeah, they just take advantage of that. I mean, it's not yeah. they're not trying to do that. I mean, it's just, you know, like I say, when you when you have a tight end that can make plays, teams plan for that. When you take him out of the equation, now they're like, okay, well, they don't have, they don't really have a tight end that we fear. So now we can take all our eyes to Amon Ross St. Brown. We can take our eyes to a DeAndre Swift. And then those tight ends get lost. That's that's how it was with the Bears. You know, commit, you know, you look at some of these other big tight ends, like those guys just get lost because you don't really expect those guys to be receiving threats. So that's what's going on with the lines. I wouldn't put much into it. It's not trying to do it, just how it's happening. And you know, those cross misdirection plays, play actions, and losing those big tight ends, that happens all the time. Yeah, and that's what I expected. But I just wanted to make sure we weren't reading this as a, a showing off that, hey, we can still, uh, just to the critics. But no, <laughs> I was very happy to see that. Very happy to see how Swift ran, how Jamal Williams ran to close out the game. Just a solid football game by the Detroit Lions. The grit to come back on the road for Dan Campbell's first road win as a head coach. So what's it like as a player when you're down late in the game, heading into the fourth quarter to be, to start that comeback? What's the energy like as it starts to happen in real time? And what are your thoughts on Campbell's first win on the road? I mean, when you're playing you're getting that fourth quarter and, and, and you're making a run at it, you know, it's it's just a great feeling because you're on the road. And when you're on the road, you kind of got that, you know, us against the world mentality because, yeah, you got fans there. Obviously, it's a close trip from Detroit to Chicago, but you still have that us against the world mentality, right? You're in this stadium and everybody's cheering against you. Like I said, I know you have some fans there from Detroit, but for the most part, that's your mentality. It's us and it's we are all that we have. And when you when you play like that, when you have that chip and you just battling and battling and battling. And then you get in the fourth quarter and you start making some plays. All of a sudden, it's not as cold out there. All of a sudden, it starts to feel like good football weather. And you start to feel the tide turning in on your sideline. I've been there multiple times and felt the same way. And you just get in that just get in that groove. And you can see how the time is working, how the score is going, how the, how the game is moving. And you just know, OK. Here we go. And I remember looking at the game and the Lions were losing 24 to 10. And I was talking to somebody because I had picked the Lions to win this game. And we were just like, yeah, man, the Lions not winning right now. And all of a sudden uh, we get a touchdown. It's 24-17. And then like a few plays later, we get to pick six and it's 24-24. I'm just like, wow, the guy, we're back, you know, since 24-24. And then Justin Fields take off and he missed the extra point. And when he missed the extra point, I said, well, that's going to be the difference maker right there. Because they wasn't stopping the Lions offense and they had Lions had momentum. Lions were moving the ball. And so to get that score and give Dan Campbell his first role win, you know, that's a great feeling for him. I know he's been grinding it out. You know, it's just been hard, you know what I'm saying? To go two seasons, you know, you get however many eight or nine uh road games last year, and then you didn't play probably three or four of them this year, and to be able to finally break through and get a free, I mean to get a role win. You know, it makes that trip back to Detroit, even though it's a short one, it makes it sweet. It makes it fun. You're getting back on the bus. You're getting back on the plane in a happy mood. And I'm sure Dan Campbell is uh, is excited about that. 
and I, I, and I'm glad that they're winning, right? They, 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 I'm sure they want to keep this momentum going. They've had the bye week, so they don't have anything to stop them right now. They can keep the momentum rolling, you know, with what they have. And, you know, Minnesota got some tough games left. I'm not saying that they're going to come back and catch Minnesota, but they got some tough games left. We saw it today. They, they, they snuck out a win and got a big win today over the Buffalo Bills in an incredible game. But, um, the lines are, the Lions are doing doing well. They've been playing well all season, it's, and it's finally nice to see them get some wins. It really is. And I got to ask you about being on the road because we heard often that the, the flags were not in the favor of the Bears today. They had a lot of penalty yardage, and the boos just rained down throughout Soldier Field. And as a player, does that just get you even more amped up being on the road hearing those boos come in because i'm sure it's different than when you're at home hearing a boo or two on the road is it almost euphoric oh man i used to love hearing the crowd boo when i was on the road it was just one of those um, uh unexplainable sounds that it just felt fantastic because like i said you know as a player it's just a part of the game and when you go on the road and they're booing you and they're booing you and they're booing you and then you get to the end of the game and you can make a play and then you like you see it all the time they go to the standard it's like i want to like are you guys booing now like i can't hear you guys because the, the crowd is silent nobody has anything to say they're stunned they're shocked and all you can hear is you celebrating and a couple of fans that you have in the in the stands. And it's just a great feeling for me. I used to love the sound of fans booing, especially when we traveled on the road. I used to love it. So um, I'm sure the, these players, I'm sure they feel the same way. It really seemed like it. And one of the pivotal moments was that Jared Goff getting shoved out of bounds a little late. And it looked worse in real time. You see. Yeah, it was an awful see- call. Yeah, you see playing back, he was just going for the ball. But then the offensive line starts getting into it with the Bears defensive backs. And Jared Goff starts lipping at the defensive line of the Bears. And just that whole energy shift right there felt like it might have been a difference maker in the game and might be a difference maker for the Lions season. Because I'm looking at the NFC North standings right now. The Lions and Packers are tied at three and six. Packers have this game against the Cowboys to finish up today. So if they win, the Packers will be ahead of the Lions in the standings. But if the Packers lose, they will be behind the Lions at three and seven. And the Detroit Lions will be in second. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Place in the NFC North with two victories over divisional opponents. Yeah, the, I mean, the 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 lot like the Lions have been playing great. I was talking to my brother-in-law the other day, and we we're like, you know, the Lions are probably the best bad team in football. I mean, they've been playing really, really, really good football. They've just been unfortunate and got hit with the injury bug early in the season when they had some tough games. 
and you know they got some losses but the Lions have been playing really good football for the most part just haven't been able to find ways to win and so to start finding ways to win like I said you never know you still got nine eight games left to play right with three and six that's nine games they play 17 so we got eight games left to play I mean go on the run you know, go on the run. You're playing the last place schedule because you came in last place in the division last year. So I would love to know what their strength of schedule is going to be. I mean, I know they got to play Minnesota one more time, but they're going to get another game against Chicago. That should be a win. They're going to get another game against Green Bay. That should be another win. And, I mean, they played Minnesota tough last time in Minnesota. Minnesota comes to Detroit. They got to get a win. I mean, that's three, that's three wins right there. Who knows? They could be – could be trying to fight for that last wild card spot. It's right there for the taking. I feel like it's right there for the taking. I don't think anybody's really running away with it right now. Lions three and six. The 49ers currently in the playoffs at four and four. If they lose two uh, Chargers. Chargers tonight, they fall to four and five. They'll be tied with the Commanders. One game ahead of the Falcons and only one game ahead of the Lions, too. Yeah, so. with eight to go. So, hey, you just got to keep winning. You just got to keep your head down and keep winning. And right now, Dallas is beating Green Bay. So, I'm sure Green Bay is going to lose today. Hopefully, they do. And um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful thing. It's just these last two weeks coming in, after a victory, it just it makes the show so much more fun, so much easier, so much happier. Even when the Vikings get a win in what might be the game of the season so far. What a game that was. It was an incredible game. I mean, and I didn't get to start watching it or paying attention. I had it on the whole the whole day, but I didn't really, didn't really paying attention, attention until it was like 27 to 10. I think it was 27 to 10 and I look up and I'm like, man, the Vikings are getting smacked. And all of a sudden Dalvin cook breaks a loose for a long touchdown. And now it's 27 to 17. And I'm just like, Oh, uh, it's a totally different ball game. It was about a minute and a half left in the third quarter. And he broke that touchdown. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, it's a different ball game now. And next thing you know, you look up, and it's an incredible fourth quarter. Some of the plays that was made by Justin Jefferson, incredible. Um, but I think what you saw at the end, first of all, I don't know who the Buffalo Bills corners are right now. They can't be their top guys because there's no way from a corner and a safety, there's no way that I can know that Justin Jefferson is having a day that he's having or the quarter that he's having, whatever you have it. And we're just not like, making sure he don't catch the ball. There's no way. Um, but needless to say, Minnesota, Patrick Peterson, you know, they've, they've been a team that I've talked about. They got guys in the secondary that can make plays. Harrison Smith makes a big play today. Patrick Peterson catches two interceptions today, right? They got some veterans that can make plays, and they can lead the young guys. They got offensive weapons. I think TJ went out today with a concussion. But he'll be back in the middle. You got Thielen. You got uh, Dalvin Cook. You got Stephon Diggs. You got Josh Allen. If he can get out of his own way. I mean, I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking Buffalo. What am I talking about? (laughs) You got Kirk Cousins. 
you know, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is going to manage the game for those guys. And he made some good throws today. He made some good throws today. And as long as they can do that, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be tough to beat. But on the other side, Buffalo, Josh Allen has to get out of his own way. Like you got a field goal in hand already. You can't force that ball on a dig route late. If you're going to throw that ball, you got to throw it on time so that your receiver can make a play. You throw it late like that. If you're going to throw it late, you got to throw it high. So either your guy catches it in the back of the end zone or nobody's catching it. You can't throw it on a rope to the front of the end zone like that late. Too many hands, too many defenders coming through, and Patrick Peterson comes through and makes a great play. But you can always go back to the end of the game, right? I mean, you got the game won. At that point, do you take a safety? That's a tough situation. But to try to do the quarterback sneak, you know, I I probably would have preferred, hey, man, you got Jake, you got uh big quarterback, right? A safety doesn't kill you, right? Let me get in the shotgun so I can make sure we get the snap off, and we're just going to run a quarterback sweep, right? Hopefully, Josh Allen can get us out the end zone, and if he gets tackled in the end zone, we just got the safety anyway. It is what it is, but I'm not going to take a chance on something like that happening and getting a fumble and they catch it in the end zone. So I'm going to get in the shotgun so we got plenty plenty of space to, you know, get the snap off. And then I'm going to run a quarterback sweep. I'm going to get Josh Allen going. I don't want him to hand the ball off to a running back or anybody. I'm going to get Josh Allen going, and I just need you to get out of the end zone. And if you happen to get tackled in the end zone, we just take the safety and don't do anything crazy. And defense, we got to hold them from getting a field goal with, you know, 25 seconds or so left. But Buffalo Buffalo didn't do that. Minnesota didn't give up. They came off the ball hard and um, forced that fumble. That's a huge play, man. It made it one, like you said, the game of the year at this point. It's going to be very tough to beat that type of game. And we keep saying it week after week after week. The Vikings just find a way to win something they didn't do with Mike Zimmer. And that has been all the difference is Vikings have always been a good team. They've always played close games with better opponents and with worse opponents. But they couldn't just put together that little bit at the end. And for them to come back multiple times, this Vikings team just... I don't know what to say. It is absolutely fascinating. Second in the NFC, right behind the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a tough division at the top, but it's going to be a fun ride the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. It's gonna, it's shaping up. I mean, and this and this is what you want, right? This is what you want as an NFL, as a, as a, as an organization. This is what you want. You want to have a lot of teams battling for those positions, for those spots in the playoffs. So it makes for exciting football after Thanksgiving. That is when, for a lot of people, that is when the real season starts, after Thanksgiving. We're two weeks from Thanksgiving. It's going to make for some great games down the stretch, the end of November, December, leading into the playoffs. So it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a fun ride. Got a lot of good teams, a lot of good teams. So I'm excited. I'm interested. I'm ready to see how it all plays out. And up next, the Lions will have the New York Giants, 
who just got a win over the Houston Texans, but that was a closer game than it really needed to be than we would expect from the Giants. And I got to ask your opinion on this because in the news right now of the NFL, NFLPA president JC Treader has put out a statement saying the NFL needs to get rid of slit film turf in its stadiums, ban it. Lions are a team that has this slit film turf, the Giants, the Bengals, so on. I think there's seven teams that have it. What are your thoughts on turf versus graph and the different kinds of turf? And are most players in consensus that grass is better? Yeah, I mean, grass is going to be better. It's way more forgiving on the body. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get out of there with no knee injuries and things like that. So turf was cool to me. Um, you feel faster on turf. You feel more sure-footed on turf. You feel all those things, especially as a defensive back. Um, but I love playing on grass. You know, I love, you know, playing outside on grass. That's That smells like football to me. So I used to always love it when we would go to, you know, early in my career, we would go to Jacksonville or we'd go to Tennessee or we, you know, we go to those games and you're playing outside at noon and the sun's shining and it's grass and it feels like football. So those stadiums for me were always fun. You know, you got Green Bay Stadium, you got, um, you know, a bunch of nice stadiums that are outside, especially when you go to the West Coast and you go to, you know, San Francisco, you go to, uh, San Diego at the time when I went out there, right? You just grass fields and uh, Green Bay just scored a touchdown. <sighs> Top ball game, 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, Who would have thought I'd be so, rooting for the Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely a grass football field guy. I love the grass. Um, but, you know, you see a lot of guys get injured, ACLs, knees, things like that. And a lot of times, is 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 I mean, it happens on grass too. Um, but a lot of times, people talk about the turf, and then you know the recovery. You falling on that turf, like I said, the grass is gonna be more forgiving than the turf. So, I mean, I like grass. Um, do you have to do away with turf? No, but if I had to choose grass or turf, I'm, I'm gonna go with the grass. Of course. And that seems to be the consensus people. I heard the Kelsey brothers talking about it the other day where it's in high school. Turf is the coolest thing ever. Cause you just feel so fast. Then you get to college and eh, it's kind of one way. You don't really have a preference either way. And then once you get to the NFL, that's when it really starts to take a toll, the turf, the physicality, the bumps, the skid marks all up and down your arms from scratching yourself. So wanted to see what you thought about that. And, Want to see what you think about this week ahead for the Lions. What's the vibe going to be like? What are they going to be focusing on ahead of the New York Giants? And what would you, as Coach GQ, be working on in practice? Well, I mean, I think they should be focusing on exactly what they've been doing, right? Doing the little things, playing consistently on defense, not giving up big plays, you know, trying to get turnovers. The last couple of weeks, they forced some turnovers. And anytime you can get turnovers, you give yourself a better chance to win the game. Um, I think defensively, the focus obviously is going to be Saquon Barkley. You know, I don't think Daniel Jones is necessarily the runner of Justin Fields, although Daniel Jones can run 
a little bit. He's not a Justin Fields type of guy, but you're going to have to be able to stop Saquon Barkley, and that's going to be the task this week. So it's going to be a lot of tackling, um, you know, the physicality. The guys are going to be in a good mood, but you got to understand, like I always say, nobody gets tired of winning. People get tired of doing what it takes to win. So the things that you've been doing, the extra film study, the extra weight room, the extra the extra practice reps, the extra uh, treatment, whatever you've been doing to play well these last few weeks, continue to do that. Do not get complacent. Do not get comfortable because you're on a two-game win streak. Continue to do the things that you've been doing that's allowed you to be successful because we already know a lot of times when people have success, they stop doing what they did to have that success because they just feel like they had success. They don't think about all the preparation that went into why they had success. So keep your foot on the gas. Don't take it off. Just keep grinding it out. Don't, don't, don't look up yet because you've won two in a row. Keep doing the things that you've been doing these last few weeks and try to just stack another win on top of that one. And it's going to be tough against a good New York Giants team. A good, tough, fundamentally sound team. And I almost have to laugh with you saying the win streak we're on. First win streak since October of 2020. And the first pick six since 2018. The Lions haven't had a pick six since you were on the team, Glover. And I was trying to figure out who had that pick in 2018 for the pick six. I'm still trying to figure it out because I didn't. I know it wasn't me in 2018. Could have been Quandre opening day against the Jets. Um, we played the Jets on Monday Night Football, and Quandre had a pick six, the first player of the game, Sam Darnold. That's probably the pick six. I think so. I think you're right. Wow. That is yep. a – that's a long, long time. Yep. But we're rolling. It happened. We're getting back into it, getting those turnovers, getting the soccer trot going. Hey, you see the soccer trot? I did. You see the soccer trot? When I started saying the Lions need to have some soccer trots, they've been they've been slowly getting a couple soccer trots, and it's cool to watch the guys get the soccer trots. I got to say, someone or multiple people on the Lions are listening to this podcast because they are taking your advice with that soccer trot. Oh, yeah. Oh, Glover, any final thoughts before we get you out of here around the Lions, the NFL in general, or just football and just the rest of the regular season? Man, enjoy it. You know, this is incredible time. Football is is at a high level right now. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of good games, a lot of good teams. It's going to be a great game today. Look like shaping up with the Cowboys and the, and the Packers, and it's going to be a great game tonight. I think the 49ers and the Chargers are going to be a big game. So tomorrow you got a big game with the Eagles and the Redskins. So just enjoy this football, man, and, and, and stay safe. It's getting ready to get holiday season. So stay safe. Start working out. Don't don't wait till the beginning of the year. Start working out now. Because even if you don't lose weight through the holidays, you won't gain much. So start now. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy this good football. And enjoy um, this weather. It's, it's nice weather here. I don't know what it's like in, in Canada or, or, or Michigan, but it, it's nice weather here. It was beautiful until yesterday. We got our first snow of the year, and now it's cold. But as you said, it's a lot colder when you're losing. No question. 
a lot colder. And like what I was saying a couple weeks ago, right? It gets cold in Detroit. I'm sure it feels I'm sure it feels a lot warmer to those guys with with two big wins. So make sure you tune into our next episode later this week, previewing the Lions and the Giants, talking all things NFL. Check out our sponsors over at betonline.ag. And until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.